Stacy and Mike, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, pros, pros. That's um, that's uh, who they are. They uh, very blessed to have um, just absolute professionals, uh, like the kind of people you don't even have to worry about. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I've always been the kind of, you know, I, and I, I haven't been in a leadership role for very long, but um, I've had the, um, well, I guess I'd say pleasure of hiring now, maybe like a dozen people or so, uh, last couple of years. And I, I don't know where I read it, but before I ever hired a single person, I read this, um, it was actually like an article, like a long, like New York Times or something, like that style article. And they talked about how, Hire the position, not the person, or hire the person, not the position. Sorry, I had that backwards. Yep. Hire the person, not yep. the position. So, you know, find somebody with with close enough skill sets, but someone whose personality, disposition, work ethic, that kind of stuff mirrors what you're looking for, and then you can train up skills. And uh, so that's what I've done. And um, man, it is uh, yeah. My, my basketball, I played basketball most of my life. My, my coach, my high school coach used to say, you can't coach hustle. Yeah. Uh, and you can't, and you can't coach height. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we're, um, exactly the same way as you are. And I'm in a, I want to hire people that are better than me. Um, you know, bring people on the team who are just wickedly talented. And like you said, we'll get them trained on our stuff and we'll get them all of the encompass or all state specific experience and exposure they need. Uh, but get as many rock star talented people into the organization as you possibly can and just good things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I like about it is um, people find ways to make things happen that like it, it wasn't like your initiative. You know what I mean? Like I'll just sure. have my team bring me solutions to things that I didn't even realize were problems. You know, like I guess, you know what I mean? They'll be yep. like, oh, you know, we did this and this and now this works three times faster and you're like, that's amazing. Like, awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, you, you get people. So we, um, organizationally, we, one of the reasons I love working here is we're, it's a purpose-driven organization. We have um, workshops that people can do to go and find and discover their purpose in life and then put processes and frameworks in place to make sure that they are pursuing their passion and their purpose in life here at work through the work that they do every day and then outside of work as well. And that's, that is, to me, you take that and you add that to a whole bunch of talented people and you get exactly what you're talking about is, you know, somebody will walk up to me and say, Hey, I fixed the XYZ. And I'm like, all right, you know, number one, I didn't even know the XYZ existed. And number two, if I knew it existed, I would have no idea it was broken. Um, and I don't even think that's in your space. No, it's not. But I was like touching all this other stuff and I got really excited about it and I tripped over this thing that was broken and I fixed it. It's like, wow, that's, I'll take that all day. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have a bunch of people who are willing to bring serious focus, passion and energy into what they do here while they're at work. Um, you can't, I mean, you gotta, you can't buy that. It's, it's amazing when that all starts to come together. Yeah. You know, it, it's so hard too. Like you have to, you know, with with hiring these passionate, driven people, uh, you know there are there are challenges to it too, right? Like there's, you know, you have to um, be willing to listen to them. You have to yep. be willing to you have to understand that they want to feel like they're part of the organization. And there are times when maybe you just want to be like, please, just go do this thing. But 
um, if you want that really positive culture, if you want that really strong will to fix problems and be a self-starter, then you have to embrace the fact that what comes with that is that they have a voice and they want to be heard. And I think as long as you're willing to do that uh, and, 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 and kind of embrace that, man, it, it is just unbelievable what you can get done. What, what, what is the, like the Marines or something? It's like said, or some movie said, you know, there's, it's amazing what you can accomplish when a small group of, you know, focused individuals or whatever, I'm butchering whatever the quote is, but Oh, totally. It's know, so man. true, you know? Yeah. I, I think um, it's, it, you got to, particularly generational shifts that are happening now, you have to be willing to give people space and not be a complete control freak. Yeah. But then you also have to be willing to do the, okay, here's what I heard. I appreciate the input. Um, I'll throw this around a lot, but I am in the top box in the York chart and we're not going to spin our wheels on this for the next eight months. Here's what we're going to do. Thanks everybody for your input. Um, appreciate it, but we got to, you know, at some point you got to call close to it and like start to drive stuff forward. Otherwise you'll just be in that place where you're iterating and iterating and never getting anything done. Yeah. Um, and I think people, I think people understand and appreciate that too. As long as you set those expectations that, Hey, go, you know, go chase whatever you need to chase uh, and try to make the place better. But if we start to spin our wheels and we're not making forward progress, then, you know, we got to reel that in a little bit. I, you know, you use the word and I completely agree with it. As long as you properly set expectations uh, and base at least you know, and a, a large portion of those expectations in trackable performance, uh, I sure. think people are completely okay with what you just said. It's it's when there's, I found for high performers and self starters that ambiguity is 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 a huge cultural destroyer, and it's, you know, they can they'd rather bitch a little bit about you not accepting their idea than have them not know what the next thing to do is or like where they stand you know what i mean it's almost like i'm okay being number three on the list but i just want to know that i'm number three you know what i mean like i don't want to think i'm number two and really i'm number five um you know and and i think that uh sometimes that can be hard to set that but you know it's it's really the only way to go about it yeah, that's, you know, transparency from a leadership position is, is difficult sometimes because it forces you, if you're doing it the right way, it forces you to have those difficult conversations with yeah. people. Um, you know what, Ryan, I know you're working your butt off and you're you're doing this and you're doing this. It's just not happening. So, like, let's find, here's what I do see, though, in you. I don't see the following things, but I do see these other things. And these other things are, like, aligned with this job over here in this other part of the organization. Um, you know, I've had that happen a couple times in my career with folks where it's like, man, you're, you're just, you're running so hard every day and it's just not happening. And it's frustrating to me, but it's gotta be like 10 times as frustrating to you. Um, have you ever thought about doing this? And when, when that lines up for somebody, um, that's really cool. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, I thought I was going to try and be successful at doing this. Right. Well, let me help you understand, like, you're not going to be successful at this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's another thing over here that I've been around for a while. I mean, that's the benefit of being old now, I think. It's like, I've been around for a while. Like, I think you do a rock star job over in this place. Um, and the, the couple of times that that's happened in my career with different people, like, it's it's really cool to see them in that environment where they, where they flourish and they stop kind of banging their heads against the wall. Yeah. Wow. This has been an incredible conversation that 
Uh, we didn't really plan on having. Uh, yeah, we're not even talking about anything. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's. Anyway, uh, so yeah, fi- fire away. We'll see where it goes. I'm all right. Completely <clears throat> open. Yep. Cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ryan Hanley Show. It still feels weird for me to say that. I want to call it Agency Nation Radio, but it is not that anymore. <clears throat> it's just me. But not just me. I have an incredibly special guest, a guy who uh, I immediately connected with. We talked. I looked, went and looked back. It's been only like a month since the very first time we ever spoke. Um, uh, we missed each other at Ledge Conference, and then uh, we were able to talk for, I think we had an hour scheduled, and I certainly think we went past that, um, talking a little bit about uh, just 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 getting to know each other a little bit, and then we started talking about the business, and I could tell that you were probably just as nerdy and geeky about it as I am, which is always a, a good trait. Uh, I have the president of Encompass Insurance here, Pat Massarello, and uh, it's just such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thanks, Ryan. It's a, it's a pleasure, and it's uh, it's an honor that you would uh, want to spend some of your time with me. I appreciate it. I'm grateful for the time with you. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. I, you know, I, now we're going back, and, now we're going back and forth. But it's um. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a very good interview host. I just, you know, I just, I just uh, give all props to the to the guests. No, I I think you have. So when we first talked, um, you know, we were just kind of getting to know each other a little bit and, and I'm familiar with Encompass, but I don't know all the back history and you started explaining to me and, and, um, and your story and, and then, uh, how, how you, uh, kind of have, have broken a a chain of presidents of Encompass in terms of what your background is. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that. And so you kind of, uh, a unique perspective, um, to the position and some of the things you're trying to do and some of the really hard decisions and that you've had to make in an effort to um, transform Encompass into being a real true partner uh, for their for their independent agents and and, and, and and what that vision means to you. Not that they haven't been a partner, but just in, in making that vision uh, what you want it to be. And I, man, I just thought it was such an incredible story. Um, so that's why I wanted to have you on the show. And I think uh, everyone that uh, is listening here is going to be in for a treat. So maybe to get us into this, thing um just give me a little bit on your backstory and and what how that lends itself uh or differentiates itself uh from some of your predecessors uh as president of encompass sure so all of that is is very flattering and i think what, what i'll start with is um the corporation, so Encompass, obviously, small business inside the Allstate Corporation. Uh, the corporation does a phenomenal job of developing people, um, bringing them into the system, getting them trained, educated, helping them understand the business. And if you have an inclination to take the time and develop yourself, uh, the opportunities here are limitless. So flattering intro, I would say there's a lot of people walking the halls at this place uh, that could easily do this job just as well as me, if not better. Um, but so background wise though, um, I do think like I am a unique individual, I think in this role, we've had uh, all state zone encompass for close to 20 years. Um, I am the seventh president, um, which would right out of the box says 
uh, there's probably some instability. Um, but I think what's unique about me is I, I'm an Allstater, right? So I grew up at Allstate. Um, my dad worked here for 35 years. I started my career here. Um, and for five years where I say I lost my way and I went and worked as a, a consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, my entire life has been all about Allstate. And the past few years, it's been all about Encompass. Um, so I am um, really here for the team. I'm here for the company and I'm here for our agents. Uh, what we're trying to accomplish is really take a business that's been up and down over that 18 year time period and just get it on its feet and put process and accountability and governance and systems in place uh, to kind of get us off the roller coaster that the business has been in for, for the last couple decades. Um, you know, what's happened is, you know, you get a new president, they come in, they have some thoughts, they implement those thoughts. Uh, some of those thoughts go well, some of them don't go well, uh, and then they exit. Somebody else comes in and you kind of go through that same cycle. Um, what we're really trying to do and what the team has done an exceptional job at the past couple of years is just put things in place that are, uh, will put us on sustainable footing going forward. Like we know that, you know, the ups and downs uh, for us translate into ups and downs for the agency, disruption in the agency, instability, questions as to whether or not we're going to be around, and then a hesitancy to say, you know what, I, I've seen this movie play out at this place four or five times. I don't know that I want to put my customers with the company, and then I don't know that I want to risk, you know, time and expense in my agency to have to go through this. Um, so where we're at, you know, we've had to do some things the past couple of years, uh, whether it be rate or underwriting, to really steady out the return profile of the business. Um, we are mostly through that, uh, through some exceptional work uh, by the, all the folks that work to support the brand. Uh, and we're kind of in a place, which is why I reached out to you, where we say, you know what, we want to start to really uh, tell our story in a different way going forward. We want people to know that, you know, we have all intentions to be around for a very long time. The corporation is heavily investing, whether it be in talent or whether it be resources and funds to um, start to really... Um, make a play in the IA channel, which for me is is really exciting. It's really exciting. I've spent most of my career on the EA side. Um, past two years have been here, and it's really cool to be in the middle of something where the company says we really want to embrace the IA channel and have a very meaningful long-term presence there. How do you get buy-in from uh, maybe Encompass People who had been in Encompass for a long time, who who had maybe lived through or worked through uh, a few of the, pre the you know the changes in in the president position, and watched people come and go, and now you come in, and obviously you want them to know, like, look, the story is different, and you, for the seventh yep. time, you know, like, how do you start to instill in them a sense of like, I am serious, I am here, I am going to stay, like, like, how do you get that buy-in as a leader? It's um. It's a great question, and it's something that I think I, you know, hey, you're, we're going to give you this job, and you know, okay, I, I didn't really see it coming when I when I first was asked to do the role, and one of my first concerns was, wow, these folks have been through a lot. Um, you know, everybody, my prior role, I ran investor relations for, for the company. And, you know, when Encompass came up, I didn't really know a lot about Encompass, but what I did know is, well, it's underperformed and we've got a lot of different leaders over the past couple of years. Um, take that and put that on the floor. Uh, we have uh, 1,200 people who support this business every single day. And my biggest concern was, what are they? What are they thinking? Um, what are the, What is 
the tone on the floor? What are they thinking about me coming in? And honestly, I had some um, trusted folks on my team who I asked that when I first got here, and they were like, well, everybody thinks you're the Wall Street guy and you're here to shut things down. Um, so in the beginning, it was very basic blocking and tackling. It was active leadership presence on the floor with our employees and repeatedly telling people, like, I'm not here to shut the thing down. Um, I'm, we're here to make this large and vibrant and meaningful uh, and a contributor to the company's results going forward. Um, and shortly after that, we did some work as a team to come up with what's our, what our long-term vision and aspirations are for the company. And, you know, obviously, as you would think, you go through that type of work. We didn't launch it and say, hey, our long-term aspiration is to shut the thing down in three years. It was, no, our long-term aspiration is to be a $10 billion company. Uh, we want 10,000 primary agencies. Uh, we want to be in every single state. We want to stop retreating, and we want to get on the balls of our feet uh, and start playing offense. And that took a little bit of time to sink in. And I think what helps our, our employees and then what's been helping our agencies is just a steady cadence of proof points. So I told you that we were going to invest in a business. Here's some stuff that we've done. We just launched a app to do uh, straightforward auto claims. Uh, here's some stuff, you know, that's not outside facing that would be meaningful for an agency or a customer, but it is for our employees. Hey, we're investing X millions of dollars to do some of our technology infrastructure in-house. Um, and all of that is followed with, you know, steady cadence of here's the vision, here's what we're trying to get to, here are some things we've recently done, and here's what's on deck. And I think that's really helped people culturally um, get to a different place. Um, now, I'll tell you, if I, if I put a conference call out there right now for 15 minutes from now for all employees, people would still be in the back of their minds like, oh, there's nothing really going on, so maybe we're going to get shut down. Uh, so I think what, what, what comes from that is just you got to continue to produce positive results and you got to continue to be in people's faces with, you know, we're here for the long term. We want to be a meaningful contributor. Yeah, the, the, the consistency piece to me is sometimes the hard part. Um, you know, you in your mind as a leader, you 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 do that work initially, and then you kind of want to move on to the next thing, right? Like you want to start working on the business, and I, it's very tough having you know recently been in that position of looking up and going, oh well, uh, he's on to the next thing. Like we like, how do you come back to that, or you know, what have you struggled with that, or has that been something that you've really focused on? It's, um, I was, I've been really lucky in my career to spend time with some really exceptional leaders. And as I, as I mentioned before, the, the role prior to this was running investor relations for the corporation. Um, and that role was unbelievable um, in that I got to spend a lot of time with the people that run the corp. Uh, and what you see is, you know, it's, it's my words, it's very easy, right? I, and since I got here, I say we have three operating priorities. Our operating priorities are to continue to improve our returns, build a foundation for growth, and continuously improve our organizational effectiveness. And anything that I can talk to or anything that one of my leaders or their leaders can talk to employees or agencies or anyone about ties back to one of those three things. It's very simple. It's three things. If you're doing work right at your desk that doesn't align to one of those three things, raise your hand and let us know. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very simple construct, but it helps you to continuously tie everything back to, we want to be a $10 billion company. It's not going to happen overnight. We're not going to walk in next week and we're going to be a $10 billion company. Um, however, 
here's how things work out in the intermediate step. Um, we got to continue to take rates. We got to continue to tighten our underwriting in some places. In some places where we're through that cycle, we're not taking heavy rates. We're loosening our underwriting. We're looking to grow. That ties into that first piece. Um, you know, we're going to appoint over 600 agencies this year. That ties into building a foundation for growth. Hey, we made some organizational announcements. This is what the impacts look like. This is how we're going to be structured going forward. That ties into the, the org effectiveness piece. Um, so it's a really simple construct, and it's only three things because people tend to only be able to remember three things at one point in time. Um, and it's very uncomplicated, but it's very easy to, to kind of tie things back to and just be consistent about. Yeah, when it comes to household chores, three is even tough for me. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what my wife would say, I think. Uh, so uh, I'm really interested in, in – and when we spoke um, – you know, a few weeks ago, I, I I shared this with you. One of the one of the pieces of the business that I am the least familiar with, but but incredibly interested in is 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 how carriers operate, how the carrier model operates. And and you said uh, build a foundation for growth. And I'm I'm just interested in in a, in is understandable a way for someone who maybe doesn't know all the inside lingo as you could um how do you how do you start to go about that what is a what do you when you say a foundation for growth what does that need to be so that you guys can start to grow sure um, you know, I think it's a couple of things. It, it starts with people. Um, so the first conversation is, you know, do we have the right people on the team? Um, once you get past that and say, okay, we've got the right people on the team, are we equipping them uh, to be effective in their roles? And, you know, when you talk about the foundation for growth, that's really, I would, I would talk mostly about our sales team. Um, so once you say, okay, I've got the right folks, I've got them in the right geographic areas, how, how are they showing up in agencies? Like what kind of conversations are they having in agencies and how can we support them to have better conversations in agencies, uh, whether it be data and analytics that our product uh, partners produce, whether it be industry information or competitor information. So I, I think of that, about that piece as, you know, you got to have the right team in place before you can do, before you can even think about anything else, right? The things you build on top of that though, and this is where the first and second one are interrelated is... I can't talk about a foundation for growth if I'm still in the midst of taking double digit rate increases every six months, right? So the work to improve our returns, which were really heavy in 15, 16, and part of 17, has really died down uh, across most of the country. So you say, okay, another tool I'm going to give my sales team is the ability to say, we're through the fix-it rate actions in this state, and we're going to be showing up once every six months, once every year, depending on the policy form, with an inflationary rate because we took the hard medicine and we're kind of through that, right? So the other piece on how you build the foundation for growth is just what, what's my what's my rate stability look like and, you know, what's inflation look like and what's claim frequency look like and all that other stuff, like the guts of operational analysis and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to also give that to my sales team as a speaking point to say, hey, everybody go look at Texas. Right? We're having some, some really good success in Texas because we are through fixing the margins. Uh, we've appointed a bunch of agencies. We're having a lot of really good success on new business. Retention's coming back. Profitability looks good. And you can say, okay, that's a, that's another thing that I can arm all of my sales leaders with is this is what it looks like when it's done. And by the way, it's not just Texas, it's this state and it's this state and it's this state. So it's, it's making sure that team is equipped. I think the other piece, which is really basic blocking and tackling too, is, you know, we're spending a lot of time and resource and, and funds on updating our product suite. 
So making sure that we have contemporary, um, good, solid products in play in the market, that makes it attractive for agencies to want to sell our products, um, I would say. You know, our, our claim service has always been extremely strong. Um, so agencies, if agencies know of us, you know, in the, in the market right now, they would say, you know, they've got a really strong product. Uh, they have exceptional claim service. How do you make sure that you're you're always tinkering with that product to make sure that it's relevant and it's contemporary as opposed to something that was created 30 years ago and then we just said, hey, we feel really good about that. Let's just sell this going forward. Um, so a lot of the foundation for growth is really how do you how do you fill in all the holes and really fully flesh out that agency value proposition? So when one of our leaders shows up at an agency, there's something really tangible that the agency can get excited about. When you um, when you're looking for an agency to partner with to a point, right? And you said you appointed uh, I, I can't remember the number, but X number in Texas. Sure. Um, yeah, we, sure. What are you looking for out of that agency? Like, what is important to you in an agency partner? You know, I think um, you know there, there's obviously a process that we have, just like you know all other carriers have to vet out their their agency force. Um, we, you know, I use that partner word a lot. Um, we want somebody that's in it with us. Um, obviously, certainly quote us. You know, where, where it makes sense for the customer, um, sell our stuff, right? I mean, that's that's why we're in business to begin with. Um, but really, what we're looking for is you know is people who understand our value proposition, understand what we stand for in the market. Um, and are willing to have a relationship with us where, you know, when things get sideways um, or say it a different way, if we do something unintentional in the market that says, hey, you know, and they're, they're willing to raise their hand and say, hey, you guys are showing up number one in the rater every single time I quote you. I think you might have a hole in your rating plan. Um, and that's, you know, that's one example of partnership. Um, my uh, North Star panel, which is what we call our National Agency Advisory Board, um, we've recently transformed that a little bit and there's still some more work to be done um, but one of the things that I'm going to ask them to engage on in the short term is help us understand the ease of doing business um, right so I, I think the your, your question and then what I'm coming back with is kind of like I, I don't want it to just be hey do you sell stuff yeah hey we have stuff to sell here's a plaque talk to you soon we'll bring donuts to the office at some point um, I want it to be more of a partnership, which is which would convey or, or speak to maybe why we say 10,000 sounds about good. Um, I don't know that I want to have a model like some carriers have where everybody gets a contract and maybe those agencies don't get a lot of attention in their agency every day. Um, I really want it to be a vibrant partnership. How much does the agency's uh, propensity for technology or or youth in the agency or, you know, th these factors that have really come that are you see plastered ar around um, uh, throughout the trades today? You know what I mean? Uh, sure. You know, millennial uh, uh, agency owners uh, and sure tech like like this type of sure. um, these type of factors. How much do they play in your decision? embrace it um, I think that's absolutely and I, you know obviously a fan of your stuff I think um, shying away from that is a really bad idea and it's a path to irrelevancy over time um, I think you need to embrace it uh, and that's we, we try and set that cadence here uh, you know our, our product vice president Sharon Dean and her team have met with scores of insure tech and fintech companies uh, to help us understand you know they they need our it's a symbiotic relationship right they a lot of them are startup companies, they need capital, they need attention, they need partners. Um, and then we are, you know, if you use the 
terminology that's being thrown around, kind of the old slow-moving dinosaurs who need their thoughts and their innovative ideas uh, to be able to make sure that we can take our business to the next level. So um, what I look for in an agency, absolutely, do they embrace technology? Do they have a strong web presence externally? Um, what's the, how's the agency set up telephonically? Um, you know, do you have segmentation of duties with folks or is it, you know, a smaller shop? Um, not that we're against a, a smaller shop, but what you like to see is that they are seeing an opportunity to do business differently than it's been done in the past and embracing that and trying to figure it out as opposed to shy away from it. And I think that's, for me, that's a key from a carrier perspective is we, we will all be quickly irrelevant if we don't really embrace that space. Where do you see the in, like insure tech movement going? Are there any companies that are on your radar or, or, or even naming particular companies isn't necessary? Maybe sure. uh, certain pieces of technology that uh, insure techs may focus on that you think have a lot of promise maybe in the, in the near term or uh, in the long term? Sure. I, I, so I, I, to cut that in half, really, auto and home, I think um, from an auto perspective, uh, I'm obviously I'm a fan of what we've done and homegrown here at the Allstate Corporation from an auto telematics perspective. Um, I'm a personal huge fan of the solution that the Allstate brand has in place. It completely changed my driving behavior. Uh, and I think anytime an insurance company can get in the car with the customer and say, hey, you speed too much, you brake too heavy, um, you're doing this, you're doing that, and the customer actually is open to that and responds to it, I think that's greater good material. Um, and I think that's fantastic. So I'm a huge fan of telematics. I think it's um, I think it's great. I think it's going to change the way people drive. I think it's going to make the roads safer. Um, and I think, quite frankly, from a carrier perspective, if you don't have a telematics program, um, that's the next credit, right? So credit was a huge pricing advancement a number of years ago. Uh, those who embraced it fully in the beginning really reaped the benefits. Those who did not suffer the consequences. Uh, so I think, you know, from a carrier perspective, you have to have a telematics program. Uh, we're launching ours in July, which is a little bit behind where I would have liked to have been. Um, but we're launching ours in July, which is which is a great step forward. Um, on the other piece, I think there's a huge opportunity to really live into preparing people as opposed to just cutting them a check when they have an issue in their house. So I think things like water detection devices are amazing. Um, I'm, we're, we're talking to a, a company that provides that type of service. I've had a device uh, in my house and a couple times where even condensation from a pipe tripping hits it and you get an alert on my, on my iPhone immediately that there might be a water problem in your house. Like I think the protection and preparation piece in homeowners insurance will be extremely important going forward. Technology is becoming um, cheap, readily available. Um, so whether that's a detection device, whether that's something that can shut off your water pump, whether that's a Wi-Fi enabled uh, smoke detector that can alert you or, or can alert the fire department if it detects smoke, um, and not just for me burning stuff in the kitchen. Um, you know, I think, I think that's next level insurance is that you're actually placing things in the policy even perhaps 
that says, I'm going to put some technology in your house that will um, actually protect protect you from these events going forward or help you to mitigate them a lot sooner than you normally would. So if you have a secondary residence and you have a pipe burst and you don't go visit that secondary residence for three months and you walk in the door and the whole house is destroyed, boy, it'd be nice if you would have had something sitting in the house that would alert you that there was an issue that maybe the whole house doesn't get destroyed, but maybe it's a much more manageable claim for the customer. Yeah, geez, I mean, I mean, thinking about the um, loss severity reduction of that type of technology in, you know, around here, we have a lot of lake houses, um, Sure, the Adirondacks, so a lot of people have yeah. lake houses and houses on creeks and rivers all, all around uh, the Adirondacks and, and the mountains north of where I'm sitting, and, you know, though the losses tend to not necessarily be frequent when they do happen, they're always severe because uh, inevitably it's a springtime flood of a creek that hasn't overrun its banks in 50 years. And now, you know, the entire first floor of your home has to be removed and redone and, and that kind of stuff. Um, You know, know, maybe that scenario you can't necessarily prevent, but if it's something like a pipe leakage or something that you could prevent, um, man, it, it, it would go a long way to reduce severity. Totally. And it all, you know, the beauty of that is it all goes right back into the price of the product. So over time, it's making the product more affordable for the, for the consumer and it's better protecting them, right? Nobody, nobody buys insurance because they want to use it, right? So, you know, if you can build things into the product design and leverage technology and leverage all these folks that are coming up with these really creative ideas and solutions, um, you know, it feels like a win-win for everyone. Yeah, I've also read, back to the auto telematics, I've read some, and I'm not going to quote any stats because I can't remember them off the top of my head, but I read some really interesting articles, two or three, and and one of them was by one of the major uh, consulting firms around retention rates in auto telematics, that if you can get a device into uh, someone's car, that the retention rate of that piece of business goes up because uh, the individual starts, as, as, as you uh, talked about your own experience, it starts letting you know how to drive better and all of a sudden you don't want that to go away because now you're getting credits because you're starting to adapt to the way the device wants you to drive. Absolutely. And I mean, we would say, you know, we, we would like as many of those people as we could possibly get, right? I mean, you know, selfishly from the carrier perspective, we, you know, we, if you think about the way the entire industry prices auto, I, I use very sophisticated models as does everybody else, but it's all proxy. I, I'm looking at characteristics that you're bringing. Certainly, you know, we run loss reports and things like that, but for the most part, I'm, I'm looking at characteristics without really knowing you all that well and I get to know you as you as you retain and you're with us for a while um, but with telematics whether it's a, a, an app on the phone or whether it's a device plugged into the car like I can see exactly how you drive um, and if you know you're a quote unquote good driver or you're a relatively better driver then I'm happy to give you a break uh, on your insurance because I want you to stick around for as long as possible absolutely where can agents I know you said that uh, the Encompass device is coming out in July where can they start to learn more about that or is there a way for agents who are who are interested in the product or learning more about it is there a email list they can get on or just keep their eyes open or is there a place they can check out 
Yeah, we'll certainly make some noise about it at the appropriate time. Um, I would say if you're, comp- if you're a current Encompass agency, certainly reach out to your uh, sales leader and they'll, uh, we will equip them with the information they need. Uh, you know, we're going to pilot it in a few states and then roll it out uh, eventually to the rest of the country. Um, but if you're not in a current Encompass agency, then, um, you know, find a way to find us, right? I would say either go to our website or shoot me an email or do whatever if you're interested in having a conversation with somebody about an appointment. Um, because I think, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it, we're starting to really pivot into a really good place in a lot of parts of the country. Um, and our hope is, you know, people can see and touch and feel that over time. And, you know, hopefully that generates a little bit of excitement in the agency force. Yeah. I like that, you, you know, just hearing these conversations and the couple times that we've been able to chat, what, what's exciting to me is, um, you know, and I, and I don't want to uh, o- overdo it, but the, the, the turnaround story to a certain extent to me is, is so interesting and what it takes to, to you know, I'm, I, and, and part of this is, you know, and I, and I had asked you if it was okay if uh, I had you on the show maybe every couple months over the course of a year just to, to, to kind of sure. document this process is you know as you roll out this telemax device and you you continue to level off on some of the rate increases or or you know tight you know the, the various little levers that you're pulling to try to get to a point where you have a product that is both good for your company the consumer and for the agent and 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 this idea and you talked a lot about it at the beginning of our conversation of stability i think i think the story of of figuring out stability and how and how important that is to the agencies in particular i mean certainly it's important to the carrier as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's really, I think it's really incredible stuff, and uh, I'm very uh, honored that you would that you would use um, Agency Nation and 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 my show here as one of your platforms to tell that story. Uh, you guys, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic platform. So you know, no need to be honored. You, you guys do amazing work, and the reach is uh, fantastic as well. So it's a pleasure on my on my part to be able to to come on and tell our story. Friends, if you're if you're listening at home and, and and you're thinking to yourself, you know, this this sounds like something that you want to be a part of. Make sure you're reaching out to you know, go to Encompass's website. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of ways to figure out how to get a hold of um, a local representative. Or or, or whatever, and and think about appointments. And and what I would encourage you to do is, and, and this is with any carrier appointment from from my perspective, is is think about it. And, and Pat used the word multiple times. I, I so did I. The word partner, right? Like having thirty carriers in your office does not do you any good. It's having the right carriers in your office. And if it feels like at, that Encompass is a carrier that could be a really solid partner and, and someone you'd like to start to get to know better, then I encourage you to make that effort. It's important that we actively engage with our carrier partners, and it's why um, I wanted to have Pat on and why I was so excited to do so. So uh, I'm going to be cognizant of your time, Pat, and of our audiences. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. I'm, I'm really looking forward to connecting again in the future. This was uh, outstanding, exactly what I was hoping for. Thank you. Great. So everybody, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this show and uh, or and or leave a, a rating and review for us on iTunes. That's a great way for more insurance professionals to find us. And if you're looking for the how-tos, the how-tos of social media, digital marketing, all the stuff we talk about Agency Nation all the time, if you're looking for that deep dive, go to agencynation.com. 
youtubecom forward slash university. You'll see a big video of Sydney, and she's going to explain to you what the university is all about. So with that, guys, we are going to get out of here. Peace. Thanks, man. That was great. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's do that again. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's get into it. A lot of things have happened since we last spoke. Like Spanish hopes, half empty, not as glasses broke. And I'm the captain of this crash boat. So when it's time to sink and swim, I always choose to do the backflow. I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am. My modesty's my greatest quality. It's not, I'm lying. I know I'm only just alright with this hard of rhyming. No, I'm not applying myself. In fact, I'm hardly trying. But just imagine what would happen if I stuck to rapping, man. I'd probably have a helicopter and a couple mansions with some guard dogs and a bunch of fans they love attacking. Probably not, but it's fun to imagine. Hey, I can't complain of where I'm at. I'm just happy to be here. I'd be ecstatic if we happen to have a repeat here. Thanks to Pro Leader, I'm rapping the heaters while passing the reefer. Man, that's what I call having a breather. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I'm done a lot, but I-